Welcome to Neurodivergent Moments. Hi everyone, I'm Abigail and I have ADHD. I am the autistic comedian Joe Wells. I always do quite like a serious, I do Welcome to Neurodivergent Moments and then you do like a soft, but I feel like that's both our personalities, that's okay. <laughs> I feel like you're the personable ADHD one, I am the formal autistic one. <laughs> we we will never break from these molds for they are no. USPs. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two the two categories human beings fall into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about branding, babes. It's all about branding. <laughs> do you remember uh, that bit that Andrew Neil used to do about how everything is either goth or heavy metal? Yes. I think everything is either ADHD or autistic. This is a theory I'm working on. Anything I... you can categorize in those ways. I love that. So for those listening at home, Andrew and Neil had this bit where they would ask the audience for suggestions to shout out and they would tell the audience whether it was a goth thing or an metal thing and people would shout out like sunflowers and it was just really <laughs> fun sunflowers adhd right oh yeah sunflowers Definitely. are ADHD. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, if you that's... if you have any objects or things that you want categorized just let us know <laughs> we, will, we will categorize them barbie adhd or autistic Oh, that's complex, isn't it? I, I lots of special interests. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would go autistic, special interests. Uh, always very organized. Like Barbie has a thing. Every Barbie has a thing, you know, mm. and that's their thing. Now, the way a person plays with Barbie could be ADHD, but I think Barbie itself is autistic. Yes, I think we've solved it. Let's do another one. Let's see, and then we'll do, let's do I'm looking one. around uh, my desk. I've got a lava lamp. My immediate thought is ADHD. But yeah, it's also sort of thought. stimmy and uh, I don't know. Ooh, good point. Yeah, because I'm thinking of the movement of it is kind of floaty, like it does its own thing. So that's ADHD. But it, It's impulsive. It, yeah, but it's constantly, or is it just stimming? It's just yeah, stimming. well, that's what I'm thinking. But yeah. if anyone has an answer, is a lava lamp ADHD or autistic, send them in. New and yeah. Moments pod at gmail.com. Do it. We need to know. Lava lamps, <laughs> ADHD or autistic. Or, yeah, comment online on our socials. Neurodivergent NDM underscore pod, podcast. I don't remember. All right. <laughs> that is ADHD. I'm, that's ADHD. <laughs> but, hey, we had a really fun interview with uh, Charlie George. It was brilliant. We talked about food. We found out that you, I was going to buy, uh, it was your birthday recently. Happy birthday. I, I know this is the awful thing when someone goes, I was going to get his birthday present, but I forgot. Um, I was going to buy some Angel Delight for your birthday. Um, oh. I will. Next time I say I'll bring some Angel Delight as a, as a gift because you've never had it. Uh, no, I had, I had, but I hadn't had it till I moved here to the UK. Oh, okay. Oh, you're not getting Angel Delight as a birthday present now though. That's <laughs> a bit withdrawn. I will say on my birthday, since you brought it up, I did a gig at Bath for Comedia and uh, a lovely audience member, Hannah, uh, brought me a cupcake Ah. and I got it before the show started. So when I opened the show, I did the whole like, this is why we're here. And I mentioned it's my birthday and I was like, who's Hannah? And there was this kind of mumble. And finally, in the back of the room, someone went. I'm Hannah, but I don't want to talk to, because I'm neurodivergent. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so 
So I respected Hannah's boundaries and I looked in the front row and I was like, what's going on with you cunts? <laughs> Go for the front row people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure, uh, Hannah, I'm pretty sure you're a listener to the podcast. I don't know. I didn't talk to you, but I need uh, to book a big gig in Bath on my birthday. Get a cake. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for the cupcake. It was delicious. She, it, it had a little candle with it. So ah. sweet. It was lovely. It was lovely. But yeah, food. Um, any, any food updates? We talked a lot about food in the episode, but any, any extra thoughts uh, that you've had about food since then? I don't have food stories, but I did want to uh, plug something which uh, we forgot to mention, which is uh, Charlie is in Laura Kate Dale's new book, which is called Stories of Autistic Joy. Laura Kate Dale's great. We should get her on. I, me- I meant to get her on this season. We haven't, but we should get Laura on the podcast at some point. Um, but it's an anthology of uh stories of autistic happiness um which i think is really powerful and important thing and charlie's written a lovely piece in there uh if you buy the book as well I, there's a little um little quote from me on the back as well so um do get that book it's called stories of autistic joy it's fantastic yeah check that out oh that's great i didn't know she was in that uh i will have a look i was gonna have a look anyways laura kate dale <laughs> but now, now now i have two reasons to do that Let's bring on Charlie. Let's do it. I keep getting distracted by the pig toe because I was thinking of getting Percy Pigs for us on the way here, but I was late and I thought you can't arrive late with a bag of Percy Pigs, but now I regret it and I wish that I'd would be like the, Percy like, oh, sorry, I'm late. Here's the Percy exactly. Pigs. Yeah. It would have been great, but then the queue and M&S and, you know, yeah, yeah it's considering we is... might talk about food, that's what I'm, I'm obsessed. I can't stop thinking Percy Pigs it. are great. This is yeah. why they film Trusty Hogs. Yeah. This is the, um, oh, that's yeah, why that's the hogs. Why, um, yeah. Okay, that's why you see little piggies out of shot. If we took this curtain away, it's the Trusty Hog setup. So, Paper mache pig head. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's here. It's in here, hidden, oh, hidden, so no one can see it. But Charlie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's nice to chat to you. It's nice to get out of the house. Yeah, have a little chat. Because you live out in Margate, right? I do. How I far? Live... How 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 long does it take to get in? I live in Kent now. It's about an hour and a half <gasps> on the fast train. Yeah, I've been exiled to Kent. But I do live by the sea, so I'm sort of living my, yeah, Margate's queer cool dream. now, isn't it? It is cool now. Yeah. Bits of Kent. I have a real Kent <laughs> prejudice. In my early days, I was booed off stage in Broadstairs. Um, oh, yeah, and, uh, oh, Was it the pavilion? It can be a bit rough. No, it was a smaller pub that was a bit nicer <sighs> than that. But it was all sort of Peaky Blinders-esque, which was quite intimidating. Right. This, yeah, but I've had some bad experiences in, in Kent. Um but then parts of it, Folkestone's cool now, isn't it? It is. It is still Kent. Someone described it to me as the racist garden of England. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm so glad I'm moving there. And when I first moved there, uh, I rocked up to the station with all of my stuff. And I arrived at the beach. And I just saw this sea of skinheads with Union Jack flags and St. George's flags. Right? It looks like a rally. And I'm thinking, oh, no. Yeah. What have I done? Turns out Olivia Coleman was making a film. Ha! <laughs> 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 the release. Oh, God. Because <laughs> you know when places up and coming when the racists are extras. Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> so it's changed a lot, like, yeah. you know, but it's still, I think it was like a sort of BMP, Brexity 
place yeah. and it still has undertones and there's you know there's poverty when we're thinking about food stuff the thing I can't stop thinking about is on the way here I saw a young girl this is like a real Kent experience I think I've had a wood green experience in London that's similar but she was um, eating a cucumber from the end like like it was a flute just on the street like that was her snack not well, like, like a, chopped like you would up have bits of on a cucumber like wow. a whole you know when you see something like that and you're like I'm not going to forget that because yeah. well, was she eating it like round like rotating it or like no she, it was like she was playing it like a flute she was eating it from the end but, but eating it was it whole, whole... And just is, is the if I was <laughs> if I was to eat a whole cucumber I wouldn't hold it like this I'd hold it like a lollipop maybe she was trying not to look I like think she she's self-conscious so about yeah that's yeah. what it is yeah. yeah I don't know seven year old was she aware yeah I don't know is that a stand up oh, you know she, was seven. oh she was seven <laughs> she, it wasn't a dick it wasn't a dick <laughs> no, it wasn't no. A, she wasn't filleting the cucumber but no yeah it was just such a strong image to be eating that on the street I don't know if she just grabbed it from the fridge there's so much I get fascinated with stuff like that I've seen a guy at the train station once he was eating a whole chocolate log like it was a baguette like the whole, he just wrapped open the top, just working his way oh, down. He's my hero. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know when yeah. you see it and it takes you back, and you're like, oh, I haven't thought of doing that, but now that's a great breakfast—a whole chocolate log. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in those towns, where in a way they're a bit like, we don't like people that are different, but also you get people <laughs> behaving in the most bizarre ways. Yes. Where like, I guess, yeah, I've seen some very, um, uh, yeah, some very strange food behaviour. I'm trying to think of some that I've seen. A few times I've seen people eating a whole loaf of bread just from a bag. just uh, Like a duck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're right, there is that small town thing. And I grew up in a small town and I never thought I would move out to one again. But I think it's just really hard to like... I say I'm living with dignity. I am living in Kent, but I do live in a flat by myself, which I've never experienced before. And I can't afford to do that in London. Yeah. So I have a lovely one bed flat. And so by the sea, which is really, really nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I... Oh, where was I going with that? Like, Oh, yeah, small towns. I grew up in a small town, and it was a real asshole town. And there's... So you grew up in Swindon. I grew up in right. Swindon. And that is the kind of place where it's like, oh, she's so crazy. And you're like, what did she do? She wore a hat, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you would stand out mm-hmm. if you were doing stuff different. And there's like a small little... I was raising sort of like a town centre flock of goths, you know, the goth flock. So they they sit hanging out, looking sad with their like hair over their face. I've and... never heard them called the goth flock, and <laughs> I am on board with this. I, I was a lone goth. Center, I was like, they? there was no goths in my school, so I was like a goth goth hawk just on my own. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh the hawk Didn't goth. have the flock. Yeah. I like oh. that. But yeah, they, we just sort of sit around, sort of drinking, staring into space on the side of a wall, like in your Slipknot hoodie and stuff like that, looking really sad because for alternative culture in a mainstream town, I would describe Swindon as like aggressively heterosexual. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole, like we were the teenage pregnancy capital and it's just mm. like, you know, it's hard as a queer woman to live up to that. I've been to Swindon a few times, not for long, to do a gig, uh, both times to do a gig in a Mecca bingo hall. Uh, but not even <laughs> oh, like I did in some the of those. hall, they were but like they? in the balcony. So if you looked over, there was this beautiful, like, it looks like a dance hall, but you were like in the balcony and all the seats were faced like a uh, long way. So the balcony was on the side. It's very weird. I don't think they, I don't know if that gig exists anymore but I was raised in a similar sounding town as you I was raised oh, in a small 
small town in in uh, middle America called Greenville, Greenville, Ohio, where uh, very conservative. And we did have flocks of goths. Does it have one of those water towers? Because one of my dream jobs, I've got lots of dream jobs I want. And one of them is to be the person who does drone shots of those water towers on murder documentaries. Uh Because they're always great. And you always see them and they do like a high angle shot and they swoop in. Why do we have them in the UK? That's an American thing, isn't it? I don't know. I've never thought of it before. Um, but yeah, we had one, and it has Greenville written on it, as and they mostly do. Yeah. What's the like volume of people there? Like, is it quite small? I mean, I don't know what it would be now. It's it might be less now because we did lose a couple factories. Uh, we like basically it's the Midwest, but uh, it is like if you've ever heard any Bruce Springsteen music, that is my town. Like, right. you know, yes. yeah, uh, yeah, nice. Uh, but. Uh, uh, it was 15,000 when I left. I graduated a school of, uh, in my graduating class, there were 300 people. And we had the most teen pregnancy out of any graduating class in years. Oh, years I want to high five you. <laughs> Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, Thank you. I made it out without any babies. <laughs> Uh, some of my good friends, your good moms. Ignore the podcast where I talk about moms. And <laughs> oh my gosh! Rubens Tell me the name of your town again. Greenville. Greenville. It sounds beautiful. That sounds it's, made up. Though, it does it? sound filmic <laughs> and made up. And, and if Greenville, like, what would you say, like, in terms of its food, like, or what you remember eating growing up? I'd love to know this, and I also want to hear from you. Like, uh, so um, after church, uh, oh. we would go to the Greenville Inn. And uh, they had, like, it, which was a hotel but also had a restaurant. And uh, and there was a buffet uh, oh, where the buffet. they had, like, the guy at the carvery carving the thing. Okay. and But it felt very fancy because they served, like, moose in little... Uh, sorry, so sorry hold so up. I, I know mm-hmm. I, I made the same mistake. You uh, mean like a chocolate mousse? Yeah, chocolate right, mousse. Okay, I no. was imagining a <laughs> no, 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 we're not that. I was thinking, wow, is this like Toby Carvery, but in America, and they just have a mousse? <laughs> no, mousse. I don't know if people eat <laughs> mousse. No, 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 no. A uh, ch- uh, chocolate mousse in okay. a, in, but they put it in one of those like, oh God, what's her name? You know the champagne glasses, the little sh- uh, uh, like baby sham ones, like right. the little ones which I thought was so fancy. We had a Mexican restaurant. Uh, uh, I think that's it. It was a big deal when TJ Highmark started to do breakfast, which was just like an all-American food place where you could get burgers and stuff. Oh, no! Cut all of that! This is the most important thing in Greenville food! Yeah, go for it. Made rights! Say it Made again. right. Made right. M A I D R I T E S. Made right is a Midwestern. That wasn't either the spellings I was expecting. Yep. No, made as in servant. Yeah. And right as in like a rite of passage. Yes. Right. Wow. But they are, darling, they are. So it is, a, <laughs> um, it, it was a, um, Loose meat sandwich shop. So loose meat is like... Loose meat. So, <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like something I've been called before. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're being shown a picture of the... Cool. Um, oh, my God, is yeah. loose meat? 
Okay, no, oh. seriously, that so is some it, loose it's, meat. It's burger it's mints. Hanging out. It's burger mints that's like. Is that like are they sloppy joes? They... No, 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 that's different because okay. that has a sauce. That are cut with onions and they uh, flavor it with beer, salt, pepper. Uh, we see it now. You can put it, it down. Andrew's <laughs> showing us so a picture and it looks like um, it looks like a burger is trying to escape. Right. <laughs> so this is the thing. You always have to get like a couple because as you eat them, the meat falls out. So you get two or three of and them. And isn't that how it's got the name loose because it just falls out? Yeah, it's a loose meat sandwich. <laughs> oh. So yeah, so it's burger mints, but it's like chop. It's like chopped up, and it's not like put together a, a, as like a burger patty. It's just loose. It's loose meat, and they had the best shakes. And it, it was in a uh, like sandwich shop, or like you know where they have like the counter with the yeah. stools and then the booths. Probably slightly bigger than the room we're in right now. And uh, it was a brick building, and on the outside of it, everyone stuck their gum. Which, yeah, (laughs) so we are talking like this is, this is, but it was like, the place like right. made like it and did was people the get it on the way out did they take it back off and put it back in the mouth no 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 no. you just take it and you stick it and then you're on the wall of gum okay. i don't know if they finally taken off the gum because there's so got yeah it, but it that's a weird the grimmer the restaurant the nicer the f- there's a place in nottingham called falafel it's just, it's just called falafel mm. and it's sort of sticky and gross and it's there's um you go upstairs there'll be people smoking like um like shisha but like indoors, which I'm pretty sure is illegal. Um, but the food is incredible. Oh, absolutely. It's like incredible, like sort of Middle Eastern and like Turkish food. It's really, really good. There's yeah, but are the falafels together or are they loose? They're just falling out. That's <laughs> why I'm like, yeah. I've never looked at a burger and thought, I wish this was more falling apart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so good, though. It's like, a, it's almost like meat sweet. Really tender, yeah, it's it? tender. It's really sweet. Mm. Uh, but like but also it. savory. I must... Well, it'd be lost on you, Joe. You don't, rights. yeah, made right. Made right. And where did you grow up, Joe? I grew up outside of Portsmouth in in the burbs. So, um, a town as well. Do you have uh, a good hole in the wall place? Because this is what small towns. The it's is, the well, hole no, in the wall. Wasn't yeah. really, I grew up in like proper like English suburbs, so there wasn't really anything <laughs> near me. There was a fish and chip shop, um, but yeah, you didn't. If you wanted to go out for a meal, you'd have to drive into into the city nothing at all um, I think there were a few pubs and things but we never really what's your town called? Um, um, well the, the place I grew up was called Love Dean which no Love one have heard Dean. of oh, near Waterloo it's very cute um, but Portsmouth was like our nearest city how many people um, were in your town was it really tiny? Uh, do you know, I think when you get into the suburbs, I'm never sure where one little village ends and the other because it's all just rows yeah. of soulless houses um, but not many you know I mean that there was there's maybe five shops there and a couple of pubs. So however many people would facilitate that, that many, yeah. What do you remember uh, eating growing up? Like, I could, when I think about your mousse, it makes me think about Angel Delight and, like, how uh, most oh, of yeah, what I had yeah. was, like, neon and came from a packet. Uh, yeah, so I... no wonder that I'm completely buzzing off my tits all the time. I think, <laughs> like, I had everything I ate was neon. Pink wafer biscuits. Oh, everything was yeah. just, like, yeah. not yeah. really real. Yeah. <laughs> Pop-tarts. Pop tarts, I love pop tarts. I never had Angel Delight till I moved here. My partner made it once, and I was like, "This is delightful." Yeah. Have you made it to ice creams before? No. You put it in like an ice cream mold, and you have like ice lolly and delight. It's incredible. That yeah, yeah. Good. So yeah, I'm, a lot of my meals are pretty. My my mother has lots of wonderful qualities, but cooking isn't one of them. Um, my father doesn't cook really. Well, my dad's quite a good cook, but didn't cook a lot. 
So one of the many harms the patriarchy has done has meant mm. that I had my mum's horrible cooking growing up when my dad was quite a good cook. Um, oh, damn that page. Yeah, I, I, it would be like pasta bolognese and it would be a carb with some sort of protein-y and meat stuff. What about stuff, school yeah. dinners? What would you choose for yourself? Like that's... Uh, I'd have... Oh, this is before... You're a bit younger than me. Are you post-Jamie Oliver generation? Oh, I don't know. Pre and post Jamie Oliver is quite that's, a that's the moment time. for school dinners. But like, yeah, no, I think uh, I think I remember. I had horribly year. unhealthy food. Like at the school dinners would be. It's beautiful stodge though, but I don't know if this is an autistic thing. But I love beige stodgy food. Mm. So yeah, when, that's an autistic thing. Yeah. I'm gonna say it as the ADHD <laughs> person in the room. Yeah. yeah, like I basically worked in a kitchen once, as like doing food prep. And I panicked, and this chef asked me what my favourite food was, and I went, dry sponge. Like, I could have said anything of any food I'll have to show you this message to my wife. And I said, dry Um, sponge, because that was my favourite food at the time. No custard, just just dry dry sponge. Here is a genuine message to my wife. The texture. Um, uh, Where is it? Um, uh, I had that pasta. That pasta is so good. She made me some pasta, which she didn't like because it was too plain. I said, so fucking plain. And she said, no, it's too plain. Not, no, just plain enough. <laughs> it was so good. It was just pasta with some uh, vegetables and um, passata. And um, I think a stock cube in it. It was incredible. Are you a, are you a plain, you're a plain eater? Are you a picky eater? Now it's really different. It's so weird because I grew up on like stodge like that. Mm. Like dry sponge was my favorite food. I used to like, you know, like a baguette, a French baguette. Mm -hmm. I'd be like told off because I'd been burrowing inside it. I had removed the insides of the French baguette. So you just play it like a flute. Like a flute, like the girl in But I'd, and I'd feel it like the, the doughy stuff and I'd Mm. keep it in my cheeks like a little hamster. I just liked dry, (laughs) starchy shit. And I was obsessed with it. And now, in my 20, I've got like a gluten intolerance. I've, like I'm celiac, and I've gone through a whole journey where like I can't eat wheat or gluten anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> no. And so now my stodge is like a gluten-free porridge. It's gluten-free cake. I found a couple of places you can get a gluten-free croissant, but it's not the same. No, it that's won't. like a science thing, isn't it? If you hold the um, starchy stuff in your mouth, the spit makes it go sweet. Really? I think that may be part of it. It's just like the crack sugar of sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We used to like taking Wonder Bread, which you will have seen in the movies, uh, American white bread that I think is more chemical than bread, and then you'd smash it into like a dough ball and eat the dough ball. That was a very special thing as a kid. Who doesn't love dough balls? I think it's like a texture thing. I definitely mm. have texture stuff around food. But now I eat a lot of rice. I eat a lot of, like, pan-Asian food. I've sort of gone through this. It's almost like I'm reclaiming and decolonizing my palate. I've gone from, like, I grew up with, uh, what is it, Captain Birdseye. We had mm. so much Captain Birdseye as a kid because my mum was a single-parent mum busy that I thought at one point he was my grandfather. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd look at that old white man with a big <laughs> I have a, like, grandpa. Um, but, yeah, like, fish fingers, just basic mm-hmm. stuff, brown sauce. And, like, so I had a white mom and a white nana. And so all of the food was really like that. And then I didn't really know much about the other side of my heritage. And then as I've sort of found it and spices and flavours, I'm, like, a chilli addict now. Oh, good for it. you. Yeah. Can you get down with chilli? Oh, I, I'm, I'm not... I'm very broad in my taste now, but I still... Do you know what? It's, it's like music, isn't it? You know, yeah. with the music, like, when you're young... That always holds a special place in your heart, even if it's not critically acclaimed. Um, and that is what 
plain pasta is to me. <laughs> yeah. Work. I like all different food, but still, like, if I'm having a very hard day... Plain pasta is like the Ed Sheeran of food. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's classic, you know? Yeah. That is true. I, uh, we talked to... Oh, I have to stick up a plain pasta here. It's not the Ed Sheeran. (laughs) (laughs) Plain pasta is beautiful. (laughs) My partner has, uh, gluten's no longer agreeing with Tom either. He's gotten... Thank you, because people always act like you're such a dick, but it's so painful and gross. And I'm like, do you really want to experience what will Yeah. Like, people act like you're just being fussy about it. And I'm like... He hasn't gotten diagnosed with celiac. He's gotten tested for it. It doesn't have it. But, like, gluten is no longer on the table. And he's realized he has less headaches and stuff if he doesn't eat dairy. So... And I, over the pandemic, got very into cooking, specifically Midwestern meals, like where I'm from, which all involve wheat and dairy. And sometimes, sometimes, now anymore, like he'll just make his own meal of rice and uh, chorizo. But sometimes I want to make us something. And I feel like I have so many now parameters of which I have to work. I'm like my creativity stifled. I can't. <laughs> I cannot work within these confines. Like, it's I tough. Just can't. I was dating someone who was like vegan, and then I'm wheat gluten and predominantly dairy free. I can have like a bit of cheese, but milk will fuck me up. Yeah. And if I have ice cream, goodbye. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really really hard. Because I'm, I'm vegetarian, and once you have that. It's very hard to have other... My mother-in-law is vegetarian and can't have wheat, onion, nuts, or garlic. That really is uh, very restrictive when we go for dinner. I used to be vegetarian and now I eat meat because it's just like I can't eat enough stuff otherwise. I have to avoid that other... Well, too, like going back to like just going out in a restaurant, if you're going to get something that doesn't have gluten in it, it's just easier to get the protein. If you're going with something with vegetarian on a menu, it's often like a pasta or a, you know what I mean? Mm. Like yeah. it's so hard to do both at the same time. Oh, no garlic. They put garlic in everything. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, really that's really difficult for, yeah. I feel for people who have like um, sesame allergies or nut allergies yeah. or big ones like that where you have to have like carry a card because it's like in everything i think i'm pretty used to it now and like i've got my special places that i go to and it's really hard to separate i think with autism and stuff i've been learning about food and autism whether it's like whether they're related in some way because uh, like i'm basically what i'm trying to say is i've got ibs and i'm in a whatsapp group called poo chat (laughs) and there's like a how did you get invited to that group (laughs) when and we're not the only one because i did a show recently and like i was talking about poo chat and my 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 poo family and this woman showed me the power poo girls and she's in a whatsapp group so women (laughs) are setting up these groups um we've all got like neurodivergence and like quite high high stress but like doing lots of stuff and and ibs and i'm looking at the food stuff related to autism and i'm like is there something to do with the restriction or other sensory experiences as to why Mm -hmm. there's stuff that I'm like learning about now because there is some stuff of why I have like restrictive or repetitive patterns with food or stuff around textures or safe foods and why I'm like eating certain things but it does also it has just resulted in my body just rejecting stuff because I'm sort of like did I eat so much gluten as a kid (laughs) that I made myself unable to have it I don't know what happened really I think it was traveling which really embarrasses me as an Asian person to say that I am so anglicised 
and I have IBS that I went to India and I, I, I just had such a terrible time with food. Oh no. And the shits. Well, that's how Poo Chat was formed. In India. We were all travelling. I was in India, a friend was in Cambodia. Yes, we'd all been dumped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another one was some- in Bali or something. And then we all agreed to meet up somewhere, but we were like sharing our poo stories. Most of us were dying and like rejecting ourselves, and then one of us was constipated the whole time, and she got less sympathy than the others, actually. <laughs> You're fine, darling. She was like, oh, I'm having a rice baby. We're like, that's not the same. <laughs> well, I don't want to make the whole podcast about poo chat. Yeah. But <laughs> what, how many members are in this group? Uh, oh, we're, we're now three, the three hardcore oh, members. Okay, right. But it started with six of us when we were traveling. Mm. And we needed a support group because we were like away trying to find toileting. I was traveling through India for a few days on my period in a cell while Kamis with stomach issues. It was so <laughs> stressful. It was like material, hole in moving train stress. Wow. So yeah, we were giving each other advice. My friend is incredible. She knows where a toilet is within a five mile radius of everywhere because she has such bad bowel problems. She can, like, sense it. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite an intense superpower. Um, But it is also, like, we've expanded it to, like, funny memes and just sharing stuff about our lives now. So it's like, you know, the gut really is the second brain and the heart and the body. I like it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my partner didn't, or at least we don't think uh, he had so much problems with stuff until... He got COVID. He's wondering if he had long COVID. I know someone who got like like a bad flu or food poisoning or something like that. And then after that, she couldn't handle gluten anymore. Like, like the fact that it hit you later on in life and after you got so sick. I wonder if like if you get a certain illness, it just screws with your butt gut. Excuse me, your gut biome so badly this is what that I was you're. Thinking. Because when I was in India, I was in a yoga ashram. Oh, yeah, I know. I made, <laughs> next stop, I'll bring out a Tupperware of my shit, like Gillian McKeith. No, I'm not, that, I'm not that bad. But I was in, in a yoga ashram trying to connect with my roots in India, okay? And, um, like, I got so sick. At one point, I was rocking back and forth. There was two of us who nearly didn't finish our yoga teacher training. It was just me and a bunch of white women, basically, <laughs> um, in Rishikesh. Because we got so ill and I had dysentery so bad at one point that they said you were singing a song to your parasite. <laughs> and driven then, you mad and you'd... Wait, it do you, do you I remember this? dehydrated, losing my mind in an ashram in Rishikesh. I remember sort of like rocking back and forth in my room and I was sort of talking about... And then I discovered, like, at talk, singing about amoebic dysentery, which turns out a really great metal band. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, amoebic dysentery. Of course it is. So, yeah. <laughs> but it was really bad. So I think maybe it was that. Like, when I came back, it just was never the same after yeah. that. Like, I, but I went to India and was very... Since we're doing poo talk, let's go. <laughs> I went to, but <laughs> we went very bougie. Day. It was our honeymoon, so we went in, like, in that nice hotel, so it was maybe a different oh, experience. But um, I had, like, um, uh, what are they called? Like, the, the diarrhea tablets. And, like, I uh, <laughs> slightly... Um, this is gross if I felt it. I had slightly runny poo and then panicked and took like the full well, like dose. a modium and yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then couldn't shit for like three days oh my um, god it really works that, those, well it does yeah but it I went I, I, I panicked extremely and, the other yeah, way yeah yeah went in too too hard <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's what I mean it's an incredible country but it's not the toilets are not always great you've got to well, they're not what I was used to. What I found so annoying was, like, 
the floaty white women in harem pants who were doing so much better at it than me. And I was like, this is my ancestry. And there was like so many Gwyneth Paltrow's just strutting around Rishikesh and elephant print harem pants. Who I, what did I hate anyway? I'm like, why? I, I have an irrational hatred of harem pants. Like, what are you hiding? Why is your crotch so baggy? Um, but they were just so zen. And I really want to be zen and chill. But I was raised by a white lady in Swindon who is devout Jehovah's Witness. I'm uptight and anxious. And I was sort of like running around India like Larry David, just stressed and pissed <laughs> off. I need trying to find good coffee and a muffin, you know, like, like <laughs> to see this TV show. <laughs> just you being like, these are my roots. I'm supposed to be attached. <laughs> and it was so embarrassing because there was this really funny experience of me traveling all the way to India. And I remember landing in Mumbai was the first place that I went to. And there was this incredible somatic feeling that happens as a brown girl who's grown up in a predominantly white area where you open your eyes and you're like, fuck, they told me I was a minority. There's loads of us. And, 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 and loads of people look like me. And it was just so profound to have that experience later in life. And then I start moving and speaking and they're like, you are not one of us, neurotic white girl. Right. And th- they can just tell from the way that, like, the moment I open my mouth, I look really Malayali, which is where my family are from in South India, and then, or some of my family. And then as I go to leave India and I'm on the plane, I get handed one of those pieces of paper to fill in the forms for Indian nationals. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not Indian in India. I'm not English in the UK, but I am Indian in the air. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only place (laughs) that it works, that I could be Asian. But yeah, it just really made me laugh that they, you know, I didn't really fit truthfully because of the way that I've been raised. It, It was really, really clear. Like I had like anxious white girl energy and a lot of the way that I was moving like I think because I'm queer as well and I'm used to wearing different stuff and I tried to dress like respectfully in certain places I was traveling and wearing sawa kameez was just me sort of constantly trying to hold up pieces of material and yeah yeah it was really hard because normally I dress like a teenage boy that's sort of my favorite attire and they weren't having that where you were going like what when you say dress more conservatively what did you have to are you talking about in the yoga ashram you had to dress differently? No, I would say Rishikesh and Goa are more like sort of, you know, they're quite hip now and there's a lot of like space for that. But I think in general I was conscious of traveling as a woman on my own. Oh, okay, I see, I see, I see. And being safe. And I'd been told to sort of cover up more with places oh, okay. that, that I went to and stuff. Um yeah, and not wear, like, you know, the kind of stuff that I'd wear mm-hmm. at home. And I did get a few incidences on trains where I think because of the way that I look, they thought I was from there. And it's not as normal to be travelling on your own in the way that there, it was of, like, other cultures. There was, like, Latin American women or white women and stuff going up and travelling around there. But it oh, so if you've been a white as... woman, they've gone, oh, she's a tourist. She's... Yeah, because right. but... I was sort of, like, a lot of questions were about my family and where they were and why I wasn't married. <laughs> <laughs> you should have just worn jeans and a tank top, and then they would have been like, oh, she's she's yeah. she's British. Yeah, yeah, and clearly a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> Get out the Birkenstocks. Um <laughs> uh, Wow. So before we started, you said that there was a specific meal you wanted to talk about. Was it the cucumber or was there something else? Oh, yeah, it was the was cucumber. Is the cucumber a meal? Strictly speaking. That was a meal for that, for that little girl. It looks yeah. like a meal. Yeah, the cucumber and the chocolate log. Just weird. For the, when I see people, yeah, eating food, I'm fascinated with it. Maybe because I spend a lot of time on public transport doing this. 
as a job and like what it's one of my favorite things like people's weirdness like you know when you get those late night train journeys when everybody's coming back and like the desperation and everybody's sort of looking side-eyeing each other with shame from whatever they've managed to like hoover up at the train station and now this is their dinner and it's like stinky and gross and all the stuff yeah i don't know i think i just have a lot of I'm obsessed with food anyway, I love it, and it's really hard to eat doing this job, so I think I think about it all the time. Oh, God. Because we perform in the eat, like, how do you, the, how do you fit in dinner? The thing that I loved <laughs> about lockdown was for the first time in years, I ate dinner at yeah, dinner that's time. Me, yeah. And that's when I got into cooking, because I had time before dinner to make dinner, instead of just being like, well, it's 1.30 in the morning, and I'll eat a frozen pizza. I lost weight during the lockdown. I gained it all back when we started doing stand-up again. Because you have to just eat shit when yeah. you're out and about, right? And it's really, yeah. really hard to find good stuff. My favorite um, French restaurant um, is Léon. Léon? Have you heard of yeah, it? It's yeah, at every yeah, train yeah. station. <laughs> and you can get a good uh, dinner for about six or seven quid. Yeah. That's the closest you get to, like, food. Yeah. Like in, yeah, yeah. yeah. But otherwise, What's the most really shameful hard. thing you've ever eaten on public transport? Oh God! The, mo- the most, uh, quite a few times, I've bought myself a I whole pizza and just eaten it. Just like a 12-inch pizza, yeah. You know what? Coming back from uh, your gig in Portsmouth when I did hmm. support for you, I was really hungry, so I dipped into a corner shop and got myself a large bag of Doritos and Lovely. some some sweet Lovely. straws, and like, it was like the last train back into London, so I basically had the whole car to myself, but I basically was just listening to podcasts, eating a whole bag of chips, and then the sweets, and I was like, this is... I like to think that my show inspired that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always do something stupid like, oh, oh, I bought a bunch of sort of trying to be healthy stuff, but I've forgotten a fork, so I'm sort of trying to eat cottage cheese with a pen. Oh, I've done oh, that yeah, before, I've done yeah. That. Um, Rolling up the lid. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. eating yogurt with the lid, mm. I've done that. I'm a real sweet fiend, so I have been known to, because there wasn't anything else, and I panicked, and I get sensory overload, I find shopping and supermarkets incredibly hard for me, which is why I'm trying to do more stuff online, because sometimes I just get so overwhelmed, and I... I don't make good choices um, in general, but also in the supermarket. <laughs> and I just like, I panic by loads of different types of sweets. And then I'm just uh, eating sweets. Oh I'm my god, I'll tell you what I've been really into. Um, I've been, the shop near me sells candy sticks. And I, I have them when I'm driving, I pretend I'm smoking, so everything I've bought. Oh, also, yeah. look, I've got a tattoo, tattoo now. <laughs> oh my god, is that a real tattoo? One of those no, it's, it's okay. from a candy stick packet. <laughs> Wait, we've got tattoos in them. Yeah, they've got tattoos in them. It's Batman. Oh, that's quite a cool one. It's got a real weird little grubby edge around the edge. So do they still sell them? And they're like fake cigarettes. Yeah, they're fake cigarettes and they have a tattoo in them. Yeah, uh, I can't believe they're still selling those. But they don't call them fake cigarettes anymore. That's the key. Now they're candy sticks. Next time we're going together, I will bring some candy sticks. We'll get matching Batman tattoos. I love it. Yes, please. Also, I don't know why I'm acting so shocked because in Swindon we would have just genuinely had cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> we've just been smoking from the corner shop. I, lo- I love sweets, particularly. I, I really like sweets. I love fizzy sour, sour sweets. Sweet. Yeah. yeah, and I think the moment that I feel well, this one, I was having a sort of WhatsApp argument with my sister about it because she's like, "Oh, you think everything's connected to your stuff, and and like everybody does that." And I think to the time that I'm really aware of my autism, I'm aware of my autism a lot more. But it's like I basically can only eat Starburst and Skittles in colour order. And I have to organise them (laughs) in those orders and eat them like that. And it's really embarrassing, but it has to be that way. 
And that's Skittles when I really noticed it. more difficult because Starburst, you could get them all out and just... Skittles, yeah. 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 It involves yeah. a lot of fun organising. And my sister's like, that's not an autism thing. That's just a weird thing and other people do that. So I would love to know if anybody out there is also organizing have you approached your sister and been like hey neurodivergency is also known to be hereditary so maybe look at yourself before you go everyone does this i know my family is still in that phase of like are you sure you're not over identifying with it and i'm like you do know that over identifying with uh, stuff is part of was one of the symptoms (laughs) i'm like literally when i was growing up i used to think that i was a character in lots of like films or TV stuff, like oh, over-identifying yeah, yeah, yeah. characters in books, mm. that's one of the ones. And and when you do your autism questionnaire, I think one of my favourite questions was, um, it's really hard, it's so hard, the assessments, the way they do them, it's like, do you now, have you ever, or do you always speak in movie quotes? And I just put, nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Like, of course I do, but, like, not necessarily. Like, that. some of the questions were so insane. I, th- it, I think it's, on one of our part as well, is a lot of good films are about people not fitting in. So there's an element of, like, actually, even though there's not autistic representation, there is a lot of representation of outsiders, you know, or, yeah. of, of um, you know, Harry Potter and Luke Skywalker and, and, and you know, and um, yeah. uh, Frodo and all those people are I'm not saying those characters are autistic, but they're people that are a bit different and aren't sort of treat, treated yeah. right. And, you know, so how much of is it is there's an inherent part of autisticness that's over-relating to things, or how much of it is that that experience of of um, being an outsider is quite a told story? Yeah, yeah and it's sort of like the hero's journey, isn't it? Because I, re- I saw this amazing thing online recently where someone was talking about that, that a lot of them are like live outside of family or adopted mm. or fostered, aren't yeah. they? And that's the kind of experience that they go on. Basically, yeah, I thought I was, I mean, I'm showing my age here, but also I just love 80s stuff, but was um, I thought I was a Treu from the Neverending Story. Oh, I that's thought a I good was I, oh, I also think it was my queerness too, you know, yeah. because I've, always, I've never quite felt like my gender stuff never felt like fully aligned either. And I was always like considered a tomboy or feral yeah. or a dirty girl. They actually used to call me Charlie the Barbarian, which oh, has wow. racial connotations. But I did spend a lot of time eating dirt and putting my feet in my mouth. <laughs> Is it like, so, you know, you, I don't know if you remember this, Joe, but when we did our live podcast at Latitude Festival, one of the kids, so we do neurodivergent moments, audience oh, neurodivergent moments. They thought moments they were Harry Potter. They thought yeah. they were Harry Potter yeah. and would go to school and be like, I am Harry Potter, and would also tell people that his parents died in this tragic way oh when he had God. both of his parents. And yeah, so like you're not alone in this. This is a thing. I that, would like, read characters and find them, and it was often like, it often was characters of color or who looked like they could be another race. I think there was something in me longing that. For that, but with the Treyu, it was real. Like I don't know, there's something about the chest, the clothes that he was wearing. I don't I even just... know what Treyu is. I don't know. Oh he's my like, god! Oh yeah, god! Wow! Well, yeah. So I mean, I don't know what it would be like to watch the Never Ending Story now as an adult if you've never seen it. Right. But it's it... Jim Henson, isn't it? Is it Jim Henson. No, maybe I don't oh. know. It's got the Luck Dragon in it. If you right. know what this is, no. so it's basically so this kid is very sad because his mom died, and he's going to get beat up by the school bullies. <laughs> so he skips school to go into the attic and read a book. And as he's reading the book, the book comes like he can see it all. And Atreo is the person in the book going on a quest. Oh my god! Right. I think and, I think he's autistic. I think it's a really autistic and, story. Now you say it. Yeah. <laughs> and Atreo, you has a has a horse, 
and the horse dies. And this is like the saddest thing anyone mm. of like our age had ever seen ever um, in the swamp of sadness because uh, the 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 horse couldn't pull himself out of the depths of oh, his I own depression and despair. Yeah. yeah, it's like no, I'm getting cold chills like thinking of it. It was, of really it. It was emotional, like wasn't it? It was like yeah, and and a trait was like no, don't let the sadness take you. And his horse dies, and there's a giant rock man who eats rocks. It's great. I think that have you ever read Sayaka Murata? We had of her. She wrote the no. Store Woman. But um, a lot of her, a lot of people think she may be autistic. She, she's a famous writer who still works two days a week in a convenience shop because, oh like, she just really that. like loves doing that. Um, and one of she got a book called Earthlings, but it sort is also about abuse. But the, the, it's about her. She think the character in it believes that she's an alien. Um, I think that's such like a common autistic thing, isn't it? Of, of, of yeah. thinking, oh, I'm an alien. That's that you know people don't understand me. I don't fit in with society because I'm actually from another planet. You know, I think that's quite a common. common yeah. Thing. Oh my god, I'll check it out. I thought I could communicate with animals, Aww. but I also think that's because we were raised about Jehovah's Witness. And I don't know if you've seen Jehovah's Witness literature, but my mum had all this literature and stuff around us, and it was like, you know kids smiling with lions in everlasting paradise just like hugging them and like hanging out with meerkats <laughs> and stuff and this is why i got bit by a squirrel a swan and a bird because you were trying to the holy trinity of animals yeah. yeah i was trying to connect with them i thought like oh nature's benevolent it's not benevolent. <laughs> it will bite you it will bite you and will say leave me alone <laughs> but yeah because that imagery really had an impact on me because it's, it's very fantastical actually mm-hmm. yeah Wow. quite intense there's some really funny stuff as well and I shouldn't say this but like it is hilarious I think I did my first jokes at Bible study with the Jehovah's Witness stuff what I used to do is I used to take advertising slogans and there was a food one actually there was a Snickers one that I put on a, an image connected to leprosy which could be problematic now but um, I would take advertising slogans and put them in the Jehovah's Witness literature what was the was it there's a hunger inside you and you put <laughs> something like hungry why wait Hungry, why wait? Yeah, okay, cool, yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah, this person's sort of like eating limbs or whatever. And um, But there was this one of like the 144,000 who are going to be saved. They're sort of like walking off into the light and then everyone's being burnt to a crisp around them. Um, and then I just put, maybe she's born with it. Maybe she'll burn in hell. <laughs> it really works. Like, And so I was practicing my jokes and I used to hand them around Bible study until I'd get kicked out. That was That's the beginning. That's amazing. <laughs> we're starting to take these things and just see who I could get to crack up because the literature was just like is that, so is that, is that the it's 142,000 people it's 144,000 very specific is that I is don't that, know are they it, the that big ones who they'll, they'll be the ones who ascend are there not 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses already mm, it's the selection process that we were never quite clear on right yeah, that, that's my question it, it like it seems like that's such a small group of people yeah. why try <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, well, it's not going to be me, is it? Like, it's not it's not going to be me. I always wondered what the selection process would be. It's very Simon Cowell, isn't it? It's like, you know, you all just sit down and, like, and then you have to sort of stand there. I imagine sort of Anton Deck at the side. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's because, like, the end of a comedy award. Like, you can't go in thinking about it. Like, just, uh, just do your thing and, you know, if it happens, it happens. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, just try and enjoy it. <laughs> But no, yeah, there was the 144,000 that you're sort of aiming to be and then everybody else... I think some other people get through. I don't know. It was really, really hard on the rules. I was p- busy writing jokes. Yeah, you, 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 you were spending your time <laughs> wisely. You were on the slogan side. But of it, I yeah. wasn't going to make it anyway because they're not big on uh, not big on homosexuality. Um, yeah, it's kind of basically yeah, it's basically bad. 
and a sin. And there was this kind of real tense time with me and my mum growing up where like I was started reading books about evolution and getting into girls and oh, my mum's not no. a fan of either of those things. Can I how old were you when you came out? Oh, I basically had an affair with a girl at school who was a school governor's daughter. It's like a Mills and oh, Bones novel. I love <laughs> that. I was, I was really afraid that was going to go into, like, teacher or older person. No, but no. the fact we that it was the governor. Oh, we were both this girls. is a fanfic I could I imagine read. it being so like, what's that, what's that film? Have you seen Bottom of Cheerleader? Yeah, I love yeah. that film. I'm so great. Have you seen Bottom of Cheerleader? No. Oh, my God. Bottom of Cheerleader. But, but I'm a Cheerleader. Because oh, when they have like an intervention, they think she's a lesbian. And she goes, <laughs> but I'm a Cheerleader. So oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. Amazing. So I was more obviously like weird. But I think because I'm brown, people were just so fixated on the issue of that that it yeah. kind of went under the radar. And she was like the goody two-shoes hidden. But there was definitely signs that she cut all her hair off and was quite punky. And then we would like bunk off school and we started this fair that to be like a secret and then it got found out but yeah I had a secret had a secret oh, girlfriend good for you but I knew her I knew early it was just like it was just hard there was one girl who was out at our school but she was like I think it was a, a bit easier to be out and to be butch and tough because people were like not gonna fuck with you whereas I think it was still at the time where it wasn't there was no sex education shows and stuff like that out. Like, yeah people weren't cool about it still it was still kind of a joke to be queer so it kind of kept it yeah kept it secret it's still to some I, I just it just drives me nuts when I'm like uh like if I'm emceeing or I talk to an audience member and I'll be like and how do you guys know each other and uh, it's always two men and they're like oh, no, they're, kind of they're, they're like we're we're a couple and I and, and I always like you can tell when they're think it's funny and I always play it straight I'm like okay how long have you not been together and like it just it just drives me nuts that That's you so think annoying. it's a punchline to be like we're gay and I'm like a lot of people are baby like it's just like what are you doing yeah I just think they're jealous of us I think we're in this weird phase at the moment <laughs> I love where... that take on it <laughs> no I just think we're in this weird phase at the moment when they're pitting us against each other and we have a lot more similarities than differences like we don't want to die alone mm. We're horny, some of us anyway, except the asexual ones. You do you. But, like, you know, we, we it, it doesn't matter the gender, does it? It's like... I'm thinking, we're all human beings are the same. For example, we don't want to die alone and we're horny. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're not wrong. And they all shit and they all eat. We all... Yeah. These are the basic things. Can I ask real quick, both of you, um favorite uh is there a favorite food or a favorite comfort food a go-to food oh it's definitely pasta yeah fusilli is it fusilli 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 yeah yeah that wouldn't be my um we went on a when i was a kid on a church camp and the the first night was going to be um pasta and i was so excited but because they'd done it on mass they overcooked the pasta oh i was so angry Overcooked pasta is really freaking gross. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. were you religious too? What would you? What were yeah, you? yeah, I was. Well, I was, yeah, sort of. Well, yeah, we went to church. Well, I went to Catholic school, but then Catholic. I, I um, uh, I shrugged it all off. Um, but I'm not. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a, it? Was just sort of like you know, if you live in the suburbs, you go to church. I think. It but wasn't a nice like Catholic a one. Well, no, I went to um, C of E, and then, but I went to a Catholic school, so um, uh, it was it was similar. But the Catholic kids got to um, got a free bus pass. That was what they got. 
and, <laughs> and we had maths. I've never had maths before. Oh, a lot of so people do that, don't they? Like christen their kids so they can just yeah. like, get into a get school, school or other stuff like yeah, that. My, 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 yeah, my yeah, my mum used to go to, to church regularly. My dad, so the, the vicar, my dad comes out of the story very well. My dad stopped going when the vicar sent his kids to private school. Because uh, oh, wow. he felt that was unchristian. Uh, <laughs> it's unchristian to go to private school. To send your kids to private school, he felt that it was, you know, it's, it was, you know, taking my kids are going to get a better education than all of yours. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Respect, socialist. Um, Georgie, favorite comfort food or favorite food? Also, you, you've just said Georgie. Like, no, I like <laughs> it. No, I like it. Don't, don't. My I don't friends know why. call, my I friends call me Charles. I've got people, a nickname called Charles. People who I have love Georgie. A, a name that is a, that their surname is a last, like, yeah. I can't deal with it, okay? Charlie Georgie. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Just like stick it. with Georgie. You, you sound me, like Pennywise just, the just Clown. Call, <laughs> just call me King Charles. Okay? King Charles. Um, um, Oh God! At the I did notice when you sent me the WhatsApp, it was from King Charles. I and know. You were like, I'll funny. be there, and I was like, I was not preparing for this today. Uh, like sorry, were you sorry. King Charles pre the King Charles? Yeah, I, well, I changed oh. it for that because I've been like, I've been like enjoying pretending that I'm royal, and I highly recommend that other people pretend they are too. Because what you get to do is to have the fun and games of looking at your own family and saying, "Do I think I'm from a superior bloodline?" <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Even my crazy uncle. Um, oh god I, it's tough because I like fizzy pigtails of Percy Pigs at the moment mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with them I like the sweets that make you go like that that's nice nice I would say for me you know a plain meal like because my partner likes plain food but a plain meal that I grew up with that Tom has no interest in is just a baked chicken mm. baked potato with sour cream and steamed broccoli like that is like a meal we had all the time as a kid and I'm just like I love just like like literally meat potato veg that all on one plate and my partner does not like that and I'm like it's the greatest meal in oh the god, world oh god now I want to change my mind because you're making me think of like you know when you get the last meal when you're on death row in prison yeah. or if you could only eat one thing forever would be a that meal. would be that question. would be it my would be that yeah meal. that would be that meal for me you, you are yeah, allowed to change. only fizzy Percy pigs for that the rest be, of your life will be that, 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 what is Malaysian peanut sauce? Oh, it's just really nice. It's like really thick, rich, brown sauce, peanutty. Like, oh, it just makes me think of my, my grandmother. She makes it so great. And then like cucumber on the side. Yeah, lots of vegetables. Bones, eat with beautiful chopsticks. I think that's what I did That forever. sounds nice. Oh, lovely. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up, do you want to do it at the moment? Oh, you can. I did the last one. Yeah, if you want to. Uh, before we wrap up, we always like to ask our guests for a neurodivergent moment. So, uh, Charlie Georgie, uh, what is <laughs> your neurodivergent moment? Um, so, as we might have established, I am, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say, I'm not socially gifted. <laughs> um, and so, I was at a social event recent, recently at work, like a networking thing that I had to go to, uh, and I was introduced to someone, but you know when your brain gets distracted by everything that was going on, and I didn't catch their full name, and so this person was introduced to me as Olive, 
And then I started going off on a massive rant to everybody about how that's such a rare name and there's not enough people called Olive. And oh my God, I love olives. I ate olives once. My favourite kind of olives are. And I just keep going. And I'm having this out-of-body experience just ranting about olives and like Popeye and all of these things. And I come back into my body and they're like, this is Oliver. (laughs) (laughs) This is Oliver. And I'm like... But actually, Oliver was very forgiving, and we had a fun laugh about it. it Oh, good, 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 good. That's lovely. Thank you so much for doing the show. Wait, let Um, her do her plugs. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, What you work on the moment? Where can people find you? Oh, yeah. You can find me online at Charlie George Comedy uh, on Instagram and stuff, and on Twitter I'm at CG Does Comedy. And I have two big shows coming up in Brighton next week. I'm doing the show. This will not be out by then. Sorry, I won't plug those. No, that's great. Yeah, from uh, probably beginning of November, mid-November, I think we'll be out. Yeah, sorry. Okay, I'm trying to think what I'm doing then. Oh yeah, the Slapstick Festival. What's Probably that? Probably then. Oh, it's in Bristol, isn't it? Uh, well, festival? I'm doing this fundraiser for the Slapstick Festival that's at Reading. In oh. Reading. At the Hexagon Theatre. And I think oh, it's on lovely. the 19th of November. And that's the next big show that I'm doing that should be really fun. Ooh. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of us on. I think like Stuart Lee, like scary big people. <sighs> yeah. And, and me. Um, but yeah, it should be really fun. Just if I, a way to really endear yourself to Stuart Lee is call him Lee the whole time. People love that. <laughs> call him Lee. Lee Stewart. He, oh, yeah, people I hear he's that. really friendly and warm. So. Yeah, call him Lee Stewart. People, I do it to people all the time uh, when you just mix up their names. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Lovely. Awesome. That was Charlie George talking about food. Wonderful. Uh, look, I'm, I feel slightly distracted because now I'm really hungry. <laughs> Do check out Charlie. Check out Stories of Autistic Joy, which I've just looked up is out now. I haven't got a copy. I thought I've got a free copy. I'm going to have to buy a copy. Or if you're listening to this from the publishers, please can have a copy for free because I'm poor. <laughs> I will also buy a copy because I think it's worth I know it's very good because I've read it already. I've read it in PDF. Oh, yeah, maybe that's why you didn't get a copy. They're like, he's read it, it's fine. (laughs) I want my own special copy of my name on. You deserve that. You deserve that, Joe Wells. (laughs) Uh, We should do some neurodivergent moments. Yes. Um, Do do you have a a real-life one? Yes, I do. Um, They're all real-life ones. Some of them are from listeners, but this is my personal one. Uh, So whenever I post on social media, because I post on multiple platforms i'll like write the whole caption uh in one platform say tiktok copy it and then upload the same video to instagram and then paste the same caption to save time and so i I did that the other day i posted a video on tiktok video on instagram and then i got a dm from friend of the show beck hill and she wrote (laughs) Did you copy and paste the wrong caption? And uh, <laughs> I, I looked under the stand-up comedy video and it said, Hi, are you available on November 5th to record our podcast at wow. the Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. It was up for hours like that, and, which, <laughs> which also goes to show you no one reads the captions anymore on Instagram. <laughs> like, no one saw it but Beck. <laughs> I figured who that was. Sakisha. Yeah, it would have been to Sakisha. We should have just sent her the video. 
<laughs> that's amazing. That's yeah. like, do you remember um you used to be able to get the the Holy Grail DVD and one of the special features was that you could have the subtitles to um is it what what's the Shakespeare is it Henry the Henry the Fifth, the Shakespeare play? You could have subtitles for a Shakespeare play on um on the Holy Grail. That's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't know that. You know, there's so much about DVDs that I wish they would put into streaming services. Like, I don't see why on streaming services we can't still have DVD extras. Like, yeah. Like, especially like the commentary from the director and the stars. That was always so cool. Mm. I wish I should do it with my special. It. I'm going to upload a commentary. You should. That'd be fun. But that was another great. Ross Noble had a a DVD that had the commentary on the show and then it had commentary on the commentary. And then I think it even went to like a third layer, like commentary on the commentary on the commentary. That's so funny. It's like inception of commentary. I, I'm all about stuff like that. I think it's great. Uh, Joe, do you have a neurodivergent moment? I do. Um, so the first part, I think this is not a neurodivergent thing necessarily. I think this happens to us all. Met someone that I've been working, oh, I've worked with someone multiple times. Um, I forgot their name on the first uh, meeting. But I think my anxiety about how to approach that um, is very neurodivergent. I didn't know what to do. How do I uh, get the name from this person? And then uh, a gift came to me. And this person came out as trans. New name. I know that name. No idea. That was the only name that I know. I'm such a good ally. <laughs> Just out of forgetfulness more than anything else. <laughs> Isn't that a beautiful thing to happen? I love that you can't dead name this person because that name is in fact dead to you. You're like, it no is. idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That person's living their true self and I have got out of an awkward name situation. Fabulous. Everyone's winning. <laughs> Everyone's winning. Oh my god, that's great. Oh, I love that so much. Uh we do some listener ones. Yeah, we've got some great neuro. I saw you moments. read one and then laugh really loud, so I'm I'm gonna mine is good, but I'm gonna can I go first? Is, is yeah, you can go first. Okay. So this this is a food related one. Um it comes from uh Rachel and uh they say when I was small and my parents gave me a soft boiled egg, they said, eat it all up, then left me to it. <laughs> they came back and the plate was empty. Shell and all. <gasps> Rachel's eating oh the shell. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Oh, I hope that was okay. The other side. In your teeth, your poor teeth. Yeah. Oh, I have so many questions. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just when gosh. I was told to eat it all up gotta follow the rules what happens oh. if you eat an egg does it just come out the other end i, I think that's no <laughs> i think it would just pass through you but uh it wouldn't like you i don't think you could break down It'd be like shell. sweet corn yeah yeah ah. let's not think about it too hard <laughs> although that being said we did have a long discussion about poo chat in in this episode so yeah this is a very poo based podcast <laughs> apparently this episode is all right um, I just want to do another shout out to Hannah because we recorded the opening to this 
And then I opened our email for neurodivergent moments and Hannah sent the whole interaction we had in Bath as a neurodivergent moment. So I beat you to it, Hannah. Uh, <laughs> You're giving us cake and neurodivergent moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is from Mickey and uh, they've written this almost as a little play. It says conversation with my husband, Jules. Me. Is that our car? points out of window. Jules, what? Me. That car there. Is it ours? Jules, what? Me. There. The blue focus. Jules, we're in our car. <laughs> Me. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, God, that made me so happy. Imagine uh, they've been right, though. Yeah, and and they were were sat in the wrong car. (laughs) And they were in a ghost car. A car that doesn't (laughs) Oh yeah, I went to ghost, you you went to wrong car. Yeah. I mean, both are unlikely, but wrong car is more likely, isn't it? (laughs) I think that's it. That's uh, that's the end of the podcast, Joe. We did it. It is. Not not the end forever. No, we have more this week. Yeah. But guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We have our new tier out on our Patreon, $5 tier, where you get the videos of the interviews of the podcast if you want to watch them instead of just listen. And you get a badge mailed to you that says Neurodivergent Moments. It's not just a random badge. It is a badge (laughs) of the podcast. And I I don't mean to sound also well a Braverman, but it's it's a £5 tier. Did I not say five pounds? You said found five dollar. That's your citizenship revoked. Oh god. Gotta go back. <laughs> They're gonna kick me out now. Okay, fair. Five pound. Five pound tier. <laughs> five English pounds. Uh guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with more podcasts uh in a fortnight. See you then. Bye.